0: My dear Bible in 365, brothers and sisters, we have arrived at the incredible book of Leviticus. And this one is such an important book for a whole lot of reasons. Now, let's get into the meaning of the word Leviticus. Leviticus, by the way, uh, in Latin, which is really what a lot of people kind of go by when we talk about its official meaning, it actually means that which pertains to the Levites or according to the Levites or for the Levites. uh, That's kind of what it means. And that's a very important definition because in essence, the book of Leviticus is the instruction set for the priests, which is really important. Now in the Hebrew language, you will not hear that term used for Leviticus. What you'll actually hear is a, um, a series of words, two words specifically, That will compound in a sentence to basically mean, and the Lord called. Which, by the way, if you notice, is the very beginning of the book of Leviticus. As a matter of fact, it's the first two words of the book of Leviticus. So we take the word Yahweh, or what we would recognize in the English language as YHVH, and then Kara In Hebrew, if you were to spell it out in English, it would be Q-A-R-Way. So Yahweh Kara. And that is, and I I just literally butchered it for the benefit of you understanding the word itself. It would probably be something along the lines of Yaqara. But you guys get the idea here. And it is a very important book. Now, a lot of things that we should talk about here. First of all, it goes without saying, Moses is undoubtedly the author of the book of Leviticus. The time that it is written is somewhere around 1445 to probably 1444, uh, right around that time BC, by the way, is what we're talking about here. We know that it is, of course, in the order of books, it is the third book of the Bible, the third book of the Old Testament, the third book of the Pentateuch, the third book of the Torah, okay, as we've talked about this before. And by the way, it is important, right? Because we have Genesis, which is the story of beginnings. You have Exodus, which gives us a really good understanding of the type of movement of the Israelites, as well as so many other things, the building of the tabernacle, so many other things there. And then you have Leviticus, which of course gives us tremendous insight into how God wanted the Israelites to worship him. Now, this is why it's important to the people that actually say that Leviticus is an inconsequential book and it's boring and they blow past it. It is extraordinarily dangerous to have that mentality because as believers who have heavily relied upon the insight of the Bible as a whole, we understand that the New Testament is, in essence, the consummation of everything that we read about in the Old Testament. And if you don't understand the Old Testament, you are going to struggle deeply with the principles that you read about in the New especially when it relates to what Christ did for you and the requirement for salvation. So understand this. Leviticus becomes the very instruction set that God created for all of his people who have been, in essence, newly redeemed, reconciled to him, right? It shows that, Very importantly and critically, how the Israelites were to worship God, how the Israelites were to serve God, right? How they were to minister to God and how they were to obey Him, because there was a very specific way to obey Him. And remember, What's really important about the concept of obedience or the requirement of obedience was that God was never pleased with a partial obedience. God was pleased with not only a whole obedience and an exact obedience is commands, but God was also very concerned about the mindset that you chose to adapt to, to drive yourself in that obedience. And Leviticus helps you with that. Matter of fact, right now I'm teaching through a mindset series on Sunday nights, which I'm very excited about And it's educating people how to carry the Christian worldview into everything you do, into the management of your money, into the management of your time, into the raising of your family, your children, uh, how to react in the workplace, so many different things. And Leviticus drives so much of that. Now, for 27 chapters, you've got a whole bunch of words, at least in the King James. We'll use the King James as the guide tool here. Um, you have 24,546 words in 659 verses. Again, this is in the King James. And I bring that out only to show you that the density of the book of Leviticus is so remarkable. Perhaps the only other book that I would say is more dense than that is going to be Proverbs simply because of the way the wisdom is actually being structured and the bigger bang for the buck for lack of a better term. And it is such a substantial amount of information that we gain in both those books. But Leviticus, of course, serves a very different purpose. By the way, this is interesting because you need to understand the... Um, the book of Leviticus doesn't deal with all of the Levites, right? It only deals with the very specific segment of the Levites, and that is the priests. A lot of people make the mistake of saying, well, Leviticus deals with everything that deals with all of the Levites. Well, there were plenty of people from the tribe of Levi that were women, plenty of people from the tribe of Levi that did not qualify to be priests, This is more specifically to the matters related to the priesthood, but oftentimes the association with the priesthood was made directly with Levi, which is why the name Leviticus is very fitting, okay? So it is very, very, very important to understand this. Now, there are some things that you need to know right that are critical number one leviticus is not something that we just throw away okay a lot of people say it's old testament law we should just throw it away the problem that i have is look i'm a data guy and i think data speaks volumes about the things that you actually see and that's why this time around you're seeing a lot of data in this round of uh summaries and one piece of data becomes very consequential to us and that's this 56 times specifically that I can count. Actually, you can you might be able to call that 58 times because of one of the sentence structures, actually two of the sentence structures. But just to be safe, 56 times in the 27 chapters of Leviticus you hear the 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 phrase in one way or another that God gave these laws to Moses. Okay? If God gave these laws to Moses, then we know if they came from God, then they're going to be very valuable to us. Even the dietary laws, there was a purpose that was implemented in those laws. And of course, the New Testament shed some light on that for us. And that's why we're not held to the exact same laws being stipulated here. But the Bible makes it very clear for us where those changes actually are made. Now, this is really interesting because when you look at the book of Leviticus, There's not a lot of a story type of narrative that's being given. And this is really important when you examine literature, because sometimes uh, a lot of people tend to run away from passages that don't have a lot of narrative because they feel very boring. They feel very dry. They don't feel very insightful yet the passages that have the least amount of narrative in them oftentimes may be the most valuable, as you will see in the book of Leviticus. And I think that that's really important, right? Because remember, it consists almost entirely Of things that govern how God is supposed to relate to Israel and Israel is supposed to relate to God. Now, that's really important because the Bible tells us that God specified Israel as being a light to all of the other nations and an example. And if Israel is supposed to be the example, then how important should it be for us? to learn from the example of the nation of Israel to do the things that we do in the approaches that we take according to the word of God, right? If God told the Israelites to act a certain way, it's because he wants us as Gentiles to act a specific way, which is why I think the United States of America has been so widely successful, especially in the earlier years, Because the United States of America modeled itself around a biblical foundation, and that biblical foundation was even a model of government that we see even in the nation of Israel. So there's a lot of things that you can learn, and we're not matching it per se with the early Constitution and the current Constitution versus what we saw in the Bible. But the principles that govern the tenets of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, so on and so forth, were definitely uh bible based right definitely from the bible so these are very very important things okay now remember one of the most major and important messages of the book of leviticus is being holy and people don't understand the term holy holy means in essence set aside or set apart right i am a fan of the tremendous skill set represented by many of the women in our church who are phenomenal bakers And oftentimes what they will do, they probably do it a little bit too much, uh, is they will make something uh, very, very good, and they will package it up very nicely and put it right inside my pulpit or on uh, my table, depending on where I'm teaching from, and they put my name on it, and they say, for Pastor James, and it's really cool because let's say somebody baked me a cupcake, right? Well, that means that cupcake was holy. I'm going to try to be funny about that. Holy meaning it was set aside for my consumption. Think of yourself in that context. The Bible says that we are holy. We specifically are set aside for God's purposes. And when we choose to walk outside of the purposes of God, we create for ourselves all kinds of problems that oftentimes lead to dead ends in our life and really becomes the whole reason why we suffer on a whole bunch of levels. And that is critically important to know, especially when we examine the intricacies of how God wants us to live for him and in Uh, The book of Leviticus, we learn about all of that, right? And it is important because the way sinful man approaches God is a very critical issue, and that is laid out for us in the book of Leviticus, and principles behind that drive what Jesus did for us. Remember, you could not enter into the holy of holies prior to the death of Christ, right? Now Christ dies, he rises again, what happens? The veil in the temple is rent. When Jesus dies, it's ripped, which means We have direct access to the Holy of Holies, right? We know because of what Christ has done, the God of heaven takes residency within us and we have a personal relationship with him. All of that is substantiated in many of the regulations that you see in the book of Leviticus and it gives us the amazing foundation for it. By the way, it's interesting. When Jesus does a lot of healing in the New Testament, many of the Levitical laws that were created in order to clear people to come back into society after their healing, like, for example, for leprosy, those were Levitical laws, even though there was no cure for leprosy at that time, right? Isn't that amazing? Even the book of Leviticus sets up laws that were specifically designed for the time Jesus was walking on earth. Pretty powerful when you think about it, which is why we don't throw it away, because our study of this book will bring so much authority in how you look at your life and will enhance the way you look at the Lord and at his word and it will grow your relationship with him it's very very important for that by the way it's interesting because you will see the word holy or holiness or set apart or separated being used in the book of Leviticus 87 times 87 times, folks, that should say something. There's something very valuable in counting these things. And by the way, when we do our Bible study series, you are gonna learn how to do all of that because it will help you to better be able to understand things. By the way, we need to understand this there is no forgiveness of sins, remission of sins without the shedding of blood. Leviticus establishes that for us, right? Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Let me read that for you. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your sins and for the blood that makes atonement for the soul. This is the principle of hafar, the covering of the sins. And by the way, we talk about this a lot in my teaching through the book of Genesis, which I said Genesis, (laughs) Ah! It's teaching through the book of Leviticus. And uh, uh, you can go online, jamescadiz.com, and you can run through that teaching. And I think that it would be a tremendous blessing for you. The blood sacrifice adds a significant variable. To our salvation, especially as it relates to Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, we get so much of this from the Book of Exodus, and then when we get into Leviticus, it really, really becomes established for us in a powerful way. And blood sacrifices remind us, right, that there is a cost of sin. Right, that when you sacrifice an animal, there's a great price to pay. And I think about this a lot because, you know, when my dog died, I took that very hard. It was not easy, and he died very early, and I still have a very Time thinking about that. Imagine a kid getting attached to a little lamb. And really developing a relationship with that lamb and then watching it get killed in the temple and then understanding that that was the result of their sin. It would make you think twice about sin, right? So there's a lot that we can learn from it and it is a very, very important principle because the blood of the innocent animal became in essence what was the substitute for the taking of the life of the person who's guilty of sinning against God. And that's exactly what happened with Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb of God, right? Who takes away the sins of the world. And by the way, Speaking of offerings on the altar, there were several different types of offerings that were offered. And of course, you learning about them will help you better be able to understand the Lord. One was the sin offering. The other one, what was called the meal offering, which was different from a peace offering, even though they both involved eating. The other one was the burnt offering. And all of those had a very specific purpose. And in every context, they give us a great lesson, one that is extraordinarily powerful, one that's a huge blessing, And I would highly recommend that you go through all of my teaching through the book of Leviticus, jamescadise.com. There's so much there. I promise you this is going to be a rich book. Folks, please do me this favor. Don't blow through this. Take your time with it. Dig deep. It is important and it is exciting. And I will tell you this right now. You will walk away tremendously blessed and really benefit from all that you learn in this. It's powerful stuff. You guys are doing a great job. I'm proud of you. Keep seeking the Lord and keep putting his His word first. It's so critical. Love you guys. God bless you.